0: Just bought a chicken, bought the break down. The chicken tenders black boomin'. I'm not human, my drop zoomin', my eyes boomin' one giant leap for mankind, I'm high movin'. Have you been? Alright guys, welcome back to the Chicken Tenders Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Zach Laurie. Unfortunately, our other co-host Braden Bijou can't be here today because last week we had some technical difficulties and he'll be back by like episode seven, the latest. We're getting our shit together. We're going to have video. We got mics coming in. It's going to be great. It's awesome. So uh, yeah, I'm here with my co-host Zach Laurent, aka White Charlemagne, aka The Lorax. <laughs> in the wise words of Little Wayne, how you been?
1: I've been pretty good. How have you been?
0: I can't complain, man. It's uh, it's, it's weird being in the house again, you know. I mean, like completely locked down again, but you sure. know what can you do? So here we are. Uh, you said you had a question for me to start this off?
1: I do. So you've obviously, you're a Leafs fan. You've obviously been paying attention to the North Division more than you have the West, East, and Central this year. 100%. Do you think Calgary and or Vancouver... Has, have the potential or will pass Montreal for a playoff spot this year?
0: Uh, I, I think it's totally possible because Montreal has been on a slump. Like, they've been slumping hard. I forget how many games ahead they were, like games in hand, but they're like 20 and 17 right now. And at one point, they were like, I think, six games ahead. So they've been falling hard. And Vancouver has five games in hand, and they're only eight points back. Calgary has one less – or one – one more game before left Yeah, one, one more game played, but they're only four points back. But they play again on Monday, so, like, you never know. They could win that game. Only be two points back with, you know, Montreal having a game in hand. But, yeah, the way Montreal's playing, it's totally doable. Uh, as a Leafs fan, though, I think I'd rather see Montreal in the playoffs, first round. Uh, That's fair. it's a big rivalry, though, right? Rivalry sense. And I, I think Montreal, like, is going to be an easier opponent than – uh, Vancouver and Calgary. Calgary plays a heavier game that might, you know, go against the Leafs. The Leafs have been playing heavier, but uh, and Vancouver is just like they have that potential of being extremely good if they're playing to their full capabilities. And I just think it's a, it's a better matchup to play Montreal off the rip. But yeah, anything can happen. What do you think? I genuinely think Calgary or Vancouver is going to make it.
1: I don't think Vancouver can make it. I mean, they obviously can if they go on a massive streak the next 15 games here for them. But I really think that if one of those two is going to make it, it's going to be Calgary, especially since they've just been beating down on Montreal right now. Montreal's a hot mess. I don't care what anybody says. Like that team, I've been saying since the beginning of the year, though, that team is not as good as people thought they were. Their pickups weren't as good as people thought they were. Joel Edmondson's a bottom-pairing defenseman. Yes, Tyler Toffoli's had an amazing year. If Tyler Toffoli is what you're relying on to carry you into the playoffs and carry you deep into the playoffs, you're fucked already. Game, set, match.
0: Yeah, Anderson has been extremely good for them, though. Like, at least from what I've seen with them playing the Leafs, like, Anderson is a heavy body who can score. And I think he's a game changer. Like, he's one of those guys that, like, just pumps the guys up. But, yeah, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to get them either. They don't have a
1: superstar. You need at least one genuine superstar or, like, borderline superstar level player, Josh Anderson.
0: Who is that guy for St. Louis? Ryan O'Reilly. Is he considered a superstar now? Fuck yeah, he is. Okay. I don't know. Like, to me, like, he's still just Ryan O'Reilly. But, like, he, he is. He's great. Like, especially defensively and shit. But He might
1: not be a superstar superstar, but he's a borderline superstar like Petrangelo was, too.
0: Tarasenko? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I think Tarasenko, in my opinion, never hit his full potential injuries. Man, really
1: those bad. shoulders, have gave out so much.
0: Yeah, because, like, when he was, like, early on, it was like, this guy's going to be a 50-goal scorer, and he's never done it. But, you know, he's a great hockey player, yeah. But that that's very true, though. Montreal doesn't have that big, big piece. Like, Coffee I think Suzuki and... Yeah, Suzuki, Caulfield and Yemi are like those potential pieces, they're just not there yet. Yeah, and Romanov on the back end, but they also haven't
1: been, like they haven't played Romanov in certain situations that he should be playing in this year and as
0: much minutes as he probably should be playing this year. Fair. But you got got, you know, Weber and Petrie are you know, very solid defensemen, so they do eat up like a lot of minutes. Yeah, they're both right-handed though.
1: Put Romanov on the either side of one of those two. Boom, there you go.
0: Yeah, who is Romanov's defensive partner?
1: Well, I'd have to look at what their actual line combinations are, but I feel like he's played with multiple different people this year.
0: Okay, I yeah, I have no idea. Like, I only see the Habs when they play the Leafs, or like I'll catch the tail end five minutes of the game or whatever.
1: I or just if I seen see them in overtime.
0: Of- I'll watch it. True. I've seen a lot of stuff saying he hasn't played as much as he
1: should have been playing this year. Like, I've seen a lot of people complain, like Habs fans complaining that he's not playing on, like, the power play. He's not out there in, like, three-on-three three overtime, like, shit like that. Oh,
0: and dude, he's, like, a fast, like, good puck-moving defenseman. You'd think Exactly. Be yeah. Dude, young, puck-moving, quick defenseman. Uh, dude, Sandin has been incredible for the Leafs the past couple games. He I'm murdered like, Blake Wheeler last night, eh? Oh, it was so clean, too, dude. I was stoked when that hit happened. Like, I was fucking yelling at the TV, like, sit down, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, if the Leafs meet up with Winnipeg in the playoffs, it's going to be a shit show. And I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. Uh, fucking Thornton and Ehlers last night was so fun to watch. Like, I don't know if this was strategy from the Leafs, but you had Joe Thornton basically take Ealers out of the game in a key point of the game and you had Wayne Simmons take Dubois out of the game at a key point in the game. So you're you're throwing out two of our like lower end people and taking out two of their higher end people just, you know, I don't know if it's strategic or what. But seeing Thornton mad like that, dude, I was pissed. I was like, beat the fuck out of that cocksucker. Like, oh, mad. What, <laughs> what period
1: was it in when Simmons, like, took Dubois out, Ehlers took or Thornton took Ealers out? Was it the
0: third? It was the third. There was, like, three minutes left. At that point oh. in time, it was 3-1. Okay. Also in that period, Shifley sat for the last 17 minutes of that period. What the hell uh, happened there? That was in the second. Was it the second? Oh, what I was yeah. reading said it was the third. Uh, he got benched for the second period and slightly into the third period, but he came back in the third period oh, with okay. like 16 minutes left and was there for the rest. The The reason why Shifley got benched is because the play was in uh, Toronto zone. They lost the puck and he literally like didn't even skate. Like it looked like he was walking back to the bench, like no effort whatsoever gets to the bench. And as he gets to the bench, Tavares and Nylander are on like a two on one and they score uh okay, so no effort and then you know that fast, guy fast. yeah had he been skating back as fast as he could, that guy could have been on the ice and been a potential you know help to that. I stitch. see, that. I see. what
1: starting really quickly hold on
0: Oh, what happened? I, I, I don't, don't start know what happened in the Pentagon. Yeah, so I could be wrong where it started, but I think behind the play, like, they've been going at each other for a couple games now. That's, that's like, 100%. But behind the play, uh, like, five minutes left in the third or whatever, Eler slashed Thornton in the back of the leg, which wasn't on TV. This was something I heard watching, like, other videos on YouTube and shit, that Ealer started it there. Like, he gave Thornton, like, a hell of a slash. The rest didn't see it at all. They continued and continued. And then Thornton went after him, and he cross-checked him, but he lost his stick. I don't know if it broke or whatever, but he cross-checked him, lost his stick, uh it he, he stick skated back to the bench, got a second stick, went right back to Ealers and started cross-checking him again. <laughs> and then and then uh, Thornton got a penalty for that and Ealers was like yapping off, whatever. Thornton goes to the penalty box, he's pissed, he gets out of the penalty box and Ealers is on the ice and he skates straight to Ealers and kind of gives him a little shove, just like a like shoulder to shoulder like kind of shove. And then Ehlers comes back and he fucking spears him in the nuts with his stick. And then it looked like the stick came back up and kind of hit Thornton high, so it was like a double like fucking stick thing. And Thornton was furious. Uh, the ref was like in between them. He was trying to get to him. It was crazy. Then they got to the box and they're just like yelling at each other. And while they're yelling at each other, I'm like, just fuck them And they when you guys get out. <laughs> like fucking Thornton's old, but. He's he's a strong fucking man. Like it's just like a different generation. Like forty-one year old Joe Thornton is gonna beat the shit out of twenty-five year old Nick Ehlers or whatever his age is. Like it's just like you know me trying to fight my dad. My dad's gonna kick the shit out of me. Like, um, and I, I just think that he would just ragdoll them like a hundred percent. And yeah, Ehlers wanted no part in it. And I mean, it's funny, wouldn't either? Uh, the announcers were even talking about it, like how Joe Thornton is, like, witty. So, like, you could just imagine the banter that's going on. Like, Ehlers is probably getting roasted. Oh, God, yeah. So. That's a legend, bro. 100%. It was fun to watch, and it was was exciting. And just the whole, like, even Simmons and Dubois thing, like, they got a continuous thing going on right now, and I'm sure they're going to duke it out at some point. And if it's not... Simmons that ends up fighting Dubois it's going to be Felino just because they got that you know team history. And this is the uh, oh shit, man. it's the first time that Dubois plays against somebody from Columbus. Yeah, because have have this game, play Columbus this year. Yeah. yeah, so like the first game that they played when the Leafs won five three was the first uh, meet up with somebody from Columbus, and then you could tell they got some like there's some hostility there, which is fun. And Foligno's looked incredible, too. Like, I'm so happy with that pickup. Yeah, Matta had another alpha for us last night, too. So that's huge. Yeah, he's a point-per-game player with you guys so far. I believe so, yes. Or if not, he's just to say, like, under. No, I think he's just to say over. Is it not five games, six points?
1: No, I think it's 6.7 games or 6.6 games.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. I'd say six and six. At most, I've been paying attention I, just because I have Manta in the freaking pool.
1: I'm pretty sure it's six and six, to be honest. I mean, Varana's been just as good for Detroit, sadly. But...
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, as a fan of Varana, you, you got to be happy for him, right? Oh, 100%. He's playing
1: the minutes he deserves to play, and he's looked fucking amazing for
0: them so far. Yeah, he had a hat trick, right? Or was it four? Or. Moves?
1: four, four goals. goals five of the seven goals scored in that game were from the capitals that were sent over there in that deal because panic had one of the other ones
0: yeah he also had an apple last night Detroit's been playing well I don't oh my it. god did you see Bernier last night no dude he had
1: 50 saves and they they just to say lost they were, they were at one point it was like 32 to three the shots and they were winning. What was the score of the game to finish? One A 2-1 in OT or a shootout. Wow. Okay, so Bernie stood on his head. Dude, it was one nothing Detroit, and they had three shots on net and 32 against.
0: <laughs> like... question, quick question. Do you think – like, no hate on Manta whatsoever because I think he's he's a stud, but, like, do you think potentially his energy – was just a little bit toxic in that locker room. Like, do you think because he wasn't trying his hardest, it was affecting that team? And, and like, it could be good both ways, right? You have Verana, who's getting a ton of ice minutes or playtime there, and you have Manta, who's going to a contender, so you're getting the full effect of Manta. But do you think that, you know, Detroit just, like, has this newly motivated team? Because I think it could be a situation like Detroit, or like Buffalo, where...
1: Maybe Manta just wasn't – just starting to fall out of love with the game, just not happy with being there. Just – I mean, think about it, right? He's been in the league for, what, six years-ish maybe? Maybe a little bit longer, and he's never made the playoffs. They've been terrible every year uh, he's been there. Like, I don't know if it's
0: – well, he got drafted the same year as McDavid, right? No, he was two years before. He was the same year as McKinnon. Okay. See, I'm basing this off hockey cards. I know he was a rookie in 16-17. So like that was his first like full season. So I think this is his fourth year, fourth yeah fourth year, full year. Yeah,
1: I feel like it was probably just a situation where like Ryan O'Reilly in Buffalo, you just you're starting to fall out of love with the game. You're just not happy. You just you need to change of scenery.
0: Yeah, I just I think it was a good move. All like for both teams. Like I think this is going to be very beneficial for Detroit in the long run. You got another guy that's going to play with Larkin, who's incredible. And Washington gets this fucking powerhouse of a human being who's going to put up goals and hit people.
1: That's the thing, too, right? Rana wasn't producing in Washington like at all. So it's almost a, both ways. Both of those guys weren't doing what they could have been doing in their situations. And as soon as they got to new places, it's just like a breath of fresh air for both of them.
0: Yeah, I think it was a good deal. I think Iserman wins that trade strictly because he got a bunch of draft picks and shit too, which is wild. But Washington wins the trade in the sense that, yo, you guys could potentially win another cup because of this pickup. Like, he could be that key for you guys.
1: Well, the thing is, like, I read something saying that the Caps probably view the deal as two deals put together. So it would be the second and Richard Panic for cap relief – and then the first in Vrana for Mantha, which I'm okay with that, minus the fact that I don't think we should have given up the first if it was a first in Vrana for Mantha. I feel like Mantha and Vrana are pretty even.
0: But Mantha could put up the kind of scoring that Vrana does, but with more physicality. Yeah, that's what's so Like, I do see – like, I would personally rather have Manta on my team than Vrana just based off the fact that he can keep up and hit people and score. From the six games that, I,
1: that he's been in Washington that I've seen, like paying hard attention to him, I'd, I'd agree with that, that I'd rather have him over Verana. He seems to not be able to get knocked off the puck very easily. When he goes into the corners, he just – he has got the puck on his stick in the corner. You're not getting it off of him.
0: Like he's got the
1: puck in the corner until he wants to come out of the corner or give the puck to somebody else.
0: And it helps being on a team like Washington, who is very talented offensively, that if you can keep the puck, chances are in a game you will get a point. Well, he's been playing with Backstrom and Oshie, too, right?
1: Like, those are two incredibly great line mates. One of them's a Hall of Famer. One of them's TJ Oshie.
0: Yeah, Oshie's a beast, too. That's a great line. Yep. Speaking of Washington, what the fuck's going on with Ovechkin? I noticed yesterday that he was day-to-day.
1: Ah, he hurt his leg. in. So we just played less. last night. We played game two against the Islanders of our three games set against them. Game one, he got hurt late third period. Didn't play in overtime at all. Uh, didn't go on the ice for practice in the day between the games. Wasn't on the ice for the optional skate yesterday morning and it wasn't on the ice for ups last night, obviously, because he didn't play. Not sure what's actually wrong, other than that it's a lower body injury, most likely. Obviously, most likely something to do with his leg, but... And it's uh, day to day, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Laviolette said they're not sure when he'll be back. They're not going to rush him back, but like they also haven't ruled him out for our game on Tuesday. Okay. Fun fact, though. This is his first game missed from injury since 2015.
0: Wow. That's six okay, years. Yeah, he's he's had a very fortunate career when it comes to that stuff. Like he's oh God, yeah. he's been like steel. But um do you think they should keep him out, you know, an extra game just to you oh, know, make saw. sure he's ready for the playoffs? Because like you want him to get those goals, but at the same time you want the best team on the ice for the playoffs, right? See my that's the thing, right? I wanna say yes. Like I want him to sit out because
1: like I don't want him to be back, like come back just to get goals he gets hurt and then he's done for the year. like I don't want to see that happen, but at the same time, I need him to get six more goals. I need him to
0: get that record or that 30 goal record. True. yo, just because we're On Ovechkin, uh, I seen something yesterday. Crosby clinched his uh, 16th season, yeah, 16th season where he's a point per game, which ties Wayne Gretzky. He's the only player other than Wayne Gretzky to have sixteen seasons with a point per game every one of his seasons. Wasn't it Gordy also? No. It might have been fifteen seasons if Howe was there. But it's officially just Gretzky and Crosby for the sixteenth. Just a quick shout out to our sponsor for this episode and this season of the Chicken Tenders podcast, the Mina in Eureka Falls is our sponsor. Be sure to go check them out. They have great prices. And yeah, Mina in Eureka Falls, Dan McComb. Thank you. Yeah, my That's first wild.
1: thought when I saw that was, wow, what year did Ovi not hit it?
0: But then I thought about it, and there's probably been like
1: six or seven years that did.
0: Ovi didn't hit it. Yeah, like there was years where he put up mad goals, but had, you know, not that many assists. And he's been more evened out, I found, as he gets older. It's almost like half and half.
1: Honestly, there's only been three years that he hasn't been point per game. And one of them was last season, and he was a point off.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what, which year did he have, like, 69 points?
1: 10-11, uh, uh, I think. I just saw that. Hold on. Let me scroll back up really quickly. Uh, I'm clicking the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, regardless, yeah.
0: Um, I just yeah, thought it was so really cool for Crosby.
1: 65-78 and 78 in 2011-2012. I was the first. Oh, that was his second down year, actually. Okay. After his little three-year stretch of absolute dominance from seven to, oh, seven to 2010. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, he
0: had 110 points every year, basically. Yeah, exactly. He's been phenomenal. Uh, but, yeah, no, props to Crosby. That's a really cool record to have. It's, you know, obviously in the presence of greatness. Oh, I
1: hate to say it, but he's the best player of his generation. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, without a doubt.
1: I will never not say it as much as it pains me to say it. It's the truth
0: it'll be interesting to see if McDavid doesn't get hurt to see him hit the 16th season the same way. Cause like, obviously that guy's going to be a point per game for his career. It just, it depends whether or not he could stay healthy. Right. Yeah. I
1: mean, Sitz had probably more injury problems throughout his career than McDavid had though.
0: Or has. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 But that's, that's why it's even crazier um, for sure. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if McDavid can do it, too. Because if anybody can, it's going to be McDavid.
1: Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Actually, no. I don't think he can, dude, because his rookie season, he was under point per game.
0: No, he had 48 points in 45 games. Or was it the other way, 45 I points I think in it was 45
1: games. and 48. I'll check really quickly to make sure, but I'm pretty sure it was 45 points in 48 games.
0: But he could still technically, you know, play 17 seasons and... The yeah, the next 16, season, right? But wasn't it yeah.
1: 17 or 16 consecutive? To st- I guess. I don't know if Sid's ever been under point per game. I have to look.
0: No, Sid's never been under a point per oh, game. Oh, it
1: was 48 and 45. Okay. I thought it was the other way around.
0: Yeah, okay. I thought so. Um, God, he's so good. Year after, he was after, crazy. Yeah, he had 100,
1: then 108, then 116, then 97, and he's at 77 this year. Oh,
0: he's so stupidly good. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, like he would pretty much easily hit 120, 125 points this year if it was a full year. Yeah, he's a cheat code. Right? Pretty much. Yeah, it looks like he's playing on rookie mode with the sliders juiced. Mode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just on him, though. <laughs> no, his literally. Team. Just his sliders.
1: Nobody else is fly- Well, I mean, maybe Leon's are a little bit juiced too, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. McDavid's playing at 1.25 speed here. <laughs> McDavid's got his sliders at 100, dry settles are at like 90. Pretty much. Um, super friggin' random, but do uh, you know anything about NFTs? Not at all. I've seen them all over, like things about it
1: all over the place,
0: but I haven't really read anything about it because I don't really care. But... Yeah, me neither. Uh, like, I, I don't, but I see an opportunity to potentially make some money uh so i'm a little bit interested uh but like i'll break it down right simple with like something i do know about a little bit is like basketball for example uh they make like these packs of like digital cards right and i'm just gonna use like simple numbers so it's like easy to break down but like let's say there's a hundred thousand packs of basketball cards available that are nfts they have like a lineup where like let's say a million people go into the lineup and you get like a number assigned to you in this lineup. And if you're one of the first hundred thousand, you have a chance to buy one of these packs and in the packs are, you'll pretty much break even no matter what, because if you decide to buy the pack, you have an hour, like when you get your opportunity, if you're in the first hundred thousand to buy it. And then the cards are worth for sure what you spent, you're going to get back. But some packs have like cards that are worth like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, it's like a crazy amount. I, I don't know how much the packs are either for basketball. But <clears throat> the reason why I'm bringing this up is because m has an NFT dropping today, like a, a group of NFTs dropping today. And so there's 888 available of the one that I'm interested in is basically 888. So in like four hours, I'm jumping on this list. You have to pay five, you get accepted, but and it's American as well. So probably closer to like 700 bucks so there's 888 that are going to be available, but there's only five. Like, so there's five. So basically 148, uh, no, sorry, not five, six, (laughs) there's six NFTs with 148 of them each. And if you get into the line and you get like basically accepted uh, or like put at the front of the line to be one of the people that could buy a pack, I think this is going to be huge. Like if you get, you get it for like 700 Canadian, I I think you're going to be able to flip this for, double potentially like 10 times more than what you paid for it, like right off the rip. True. Uh, which is insane. So like, yeah, 888 spots. I don't know how many people are going to jump on the list. Uh, if the number is astronomical, that's even better. That means tons of people are interested in this NFT, which means the value is going to be crazy. If you're one of the people that get it. Uh, so I'm kind of stoked. Like, I don't know. It could be like a potential fucking, uh, I don't know, just a big win out of nowhere for whoever ends up getting one of these spots. And I don't know, it's crazy. So, like, whoever wins, yeah, you're getting one of six, but there's only 148 each. And you got to think, like, m m has, like, millions and millions of fans. And I'm sure, you know, at least a, a solid 1% or 2% of these fans are wealthy enough to afford to buy a crazy expensive <laughs> NFT, especially with the oh, market, God, like, yeah. popping off. Uh, 100%. So it's interesting, like, I, I just, I'm going to put my name there. If I happen to get a spot, you have an hour to, to decide if you want to buy it. But it's going to be tough. Like, it's tough because, like, I, I I don't necessarily have, like, $700 I could just throw away right now. But fuck me. Like, I'm going to hate myself if I say no. Like, if I was to get picked and I didn't do it, and then all of a sudden this NFT is worth twenty five grand tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's like, it's it's worth it to me more to just do it and take the chance and even if I lose 200 bucks which I highly doubt is going to happen but if I do get picked I have to do it I have to I talked to Jen about it this morning and she was like well why wouldn't you she's like we've we've done like other little investments where we've like broken even and I was like yeah I guess when you put it that way it's just like typically when I make investments that aren't guaranteed my store is open so like I'm not worried about a few hundred bucks Uh, but right now it's like with the store being shut down, I'm barely, you know, I'm getting by, don't get me wrong. I'm not hurting by any means. money that I could just throw away. True. But like you said too, though, like what
1: happens if you do decide you don't want to jump on it and then tomorrow you wake up and it's
0: worth 25 grand. I would legit, like I was joking this morning, but I was like, if that happened, babe, I'm going to kill myself. Like, (laughs) Like... so, oh. I, yeah, I really do think that I got to hop on it because, I don't know, it's it's a wild thing. I don't want to hold on to it because I don't know how long, like, I don't know what the longevity game is for, like, NFTs because this seems really weird to, like, just have a picture or, like, a GIF on your phone that is worth, like, a lot of money. Like, it. it I understand hockey cards because, like, let's say a Wayne Gretzky rookie that's, like, you know even graded eight or whatever is like selling for 10 to 20 grand right now uh that's that makes sense like it's a thing that exists and it's not just something on a phone like i could technically just take a screenshot of this nft and put it into my pictures and i know it's not the real thing but it's still there uh but i guess you could compare it to like a fake hockey card right because you can buy a fake Wayne Gretzky rookie card but it's worthless so it'd be like similar to taking a screenshot I guess but yeah I just, I just I don't know I don't trust this market to not just flop at some point because why like why would you not rather own a LeBron James actual rookie card over a LeBron James NFT that's the thing right would you rather own a physical copy of something or own a picture of it on your phone well it's super dumb. a physical like, copy you have like like LeBron James rookie card for example if I have that and I have like a man cave I'm putting that on my shelf so people can see it like when my friends come over they can see this fucking thing with the oh, NFT God. you really think like people are going to come over you're just going to pull out your phone like yeah check out what I got in my phone like who cares <laughs> like who gives a shit you know what I mean like it's it's not it's something like personally like I just like to show off my certain things that I want to show off collectible wise. 100% and to me, like posting, oh yeah, I got an Eminem on Instagram. Don't do it for me. Like, no, I get that. So, like, and, and also that too. Like, if I had the choice between having like an autographed, like, big ass print with like, you know, I don't know, some crazy shit, Eminem wise, like that's like limited one on one print signed Eminem thing that's worth 10 grand, I'd rather have this print than have a fucking GIF in my phone that's worth 10 grand. Oh, yeah, exactly right. What if your phone dies and you can't turn your phone on back on back on ever again? Well, you have an account, right? Uh, all right. so all your shit gets saved. It's like, I guess I, I'm just making this up here, but like, I would assume it's like just some like portfolio or like somewhere you save all your shit. So it's yours. I mean, that
1: makes sense because, like, I just said, what happens if your phone does crash? There's got to be somewhere to like there's got to be somewhere these are saved so that if your phone just crashes and dies like it's not just gone forever could you imagine if that was the case boom 10 grand out the door cuz your phone just decided to shit the
0: bed like yeah so so it's interesting yeah like i, I think i'm definitely going to pull the trigger if i happen to line up a spot so like i said 888 if there's 50,000 maybe 100,000 people trying to get in on this man if i happen to get one of those 888 spots i'm definitely jumping in uh which also uh, just super random I know we don't really talk about music here but like I'm pretty sure Eminem because of this is releasing a new song like very soon called Stan's Revenge. The reason I say that is because one of the NFTs that are getting released has like a beat attached to it. So it's like a 2-minute clip of a beat with this like video gift thing spinning and people are speculating that he's releasing a new song with it. And also, on the side note with all this, Eminem is probably gonna make like <coughs> close to five million dollars today off dropping some NFTs. That's wild. Like that's nuts. Dude, there's some like random ass people. Like I, I don't I don't know the names because I don't pay too much attention, but like I, I was listening to another podcast like this week, and they were talking about how this random guy who just draws stuff and puts them up for sale on this whatever NFT website has made sixty-nine million dollars in the past month selling NFTs. Oh, like, shit. There's just like just random people who like, you know, oh, three like years ago. Yeah, but that's the thing though. Some of these NFTs are like like stick men that are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I don't oh, I don't understand God. why. I, I really don't nobody understands what's going on. Nobody I'm gets it I need to post Hold on yeah, how do you get into that? Like, where, where do you start? How, you know what I mean?
1: Drawing none of this makes out. sense.
0: Right, though. But, like, yeah, none of this makes sense to me. I, I don't understand the market. I don't understand where people are coming from. What makes the price of this random motherfucker drawing this thing? Like, w- why is someone willing to pay that much money for this, this thing? Like, like imagine me just drawing a stick man on a piece of like a real one, and just walking up to somebody and being like, yo, give me two bucks for this. No one's buying it. So Yeah, and these people are paying like thousands of times more than that. That's what I mean. So what's, what is it? There's even a thing right now where people are selling tweets. Like, so let's say... Wait, wait, uh, what? Yeah, I forget who it was that was selling tweets, but like, let's say, we'll just use like a random person, for example, like Katy Perry. So they take like a screenshot of her tweet and you officially own that screenshot of the tweet. It's your NFT. It's your non fungible token. Like it's, it's officially yours. Like the picture of it, everybody else can screenshot it, but you officially own it. It's like coded and it's yours. And these That's things are time. selling for like five to $10,000. Now short picture tricking. how many, how many famous tweets, like there's millions and millions and millions and millions of tweets. So you're telling me these tweets are worth five thousand fucking dollars each, even ten, up to ten thousand dollars? Like, can you imagine if Eminem sold a tweet because like he he doesn't tweet very much? So like, you know, like is someone really gonna pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for this? I don't get it. That's so dumb. It's it's crazy. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. But if I can land one and flip it for you know ten times potentially more than that why the hell would i not do it oh absolutely but oh that's wild that you can buy a screenshot
1: of a tweet and you own a screenshot of a tweet sick congrats let me just
0: delete the tweet boom gone from existence well that's the thing though you have this you officially own it so even if it disappears eventually you still own it
1: you mean you officially own it but everybody else that has a phone can go on twitter and be like boom screenshot now i officially own this screenshot too except i didn't
0: pay money for it like an idiot i know it It makes oh. no sense i don't get it i'm not going to get into this like in the sense of collecting them but if there's an, a flipping opportunity where I, I can even two to fucking hundred times my money in 24 hours i'm definitely going to jump on it oh the twitter one has
1: broken my head oh this hurts my brain so much <laughs> yeah. who would pay for a tweet like just go on twitter and take a screenshot of it boom you have the fucking screenshot
0: and even then, why why the hell would you want to take uh, a screenshot of somebody's tweet? <laughs> why would you care? Oh, uh, Exactly. <laughs> I don't, exactly. Care. <laughs> That's so I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's my, oh, my favorite man. person on the planet. Like it doesn't matter. It's a it doesn't make sense at all. You could literally just like
1: retweet the tweet and then it's on your Twitter account forever, also.
0: It's <sighs> ridiculous. Like,
1: like it, you'll see it in your likes. Yeah, uh, No, uh, I, I, don't it, I don't get it, man. <laughs> that's broken. 100%. Whoever fucking thought of that was a
0: genius. Absolute genius. Yeah. Like, it's called like, casual, literally stupid dude. people fuck. Well, like, the amount of money that's being, like, produced by this new thing is, like, astronomical. Like, there's, like, billions of dollars in this, this bullshit market, like, And I think it has a lot to do with people being stuck at home and uh, just everything moving more digital. But like the real collectors, people who've been collecting shit for forever, like I collect a lot of stuff, like not necessarily like collect to keep it, but collect to flip or just collect to have cool shit and then eventually get rid of it or whatever. Like a lot of people collect shit, but they collect actual shit. Which makes sense. Exactly, yeah, you could see it. You could physically hold it. But to me, I'm also a person that refuses to buy a video game, like an expensive video My console, because I want the opportunity to sell it if I get over it, because I'm just like that. Like, I want the physical disc in case I decide to sell it. That's Like, that's also, like, with music, it's different, because, like, I haven't bought an album in, I can't even remember how long, like, at least five years. I buy CDs still, don't get me wrong, but that's something I can hold. But, like, I'm not going to go on iTunes and buy anybody's fucking album because I can stream it. Like, I'm paying for a streaming service to stream it, which is completely different. So, like, you know, whatever. But when it comes to video games, it's not like you could just pay $10 a month and play whatever video game you want. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, to me, it's like I, if I'm – I don't know. I sell a lot of stuff, so I want something physical. (laughs) Bro, I can't get over people buying tweets. Like, that's so stupid. 100%. I really, really, really don't get it. I don't think I ever will. Uh, Like, buying art makes sense. Buying, like, a, even
1: like, as stupid as it is, buying, like, a LeBron James rookie card or something like that. That makes sense to me. Buying a fucking tweet is potentially the dumbest thing you could spend your money on.
0: Well, it's turning into like, eventually, like, let's say, I, I don't know, uh, anybody, any famous fucking person posts a picture on Instagram, you'll eventually be able to buy the post, not just the picture, but the whole post, and only you will own this fucking post. And but That's not technically
1: but, true either, because the person that's a, its account is on owns the fucking
0: post. They
1: could take yes. it down at any point.
0: They control the post. Like. But you'll have the official... Oh. Like, I don't get it. I don't, I'm don't. i not with it. But you'll only the official, like whatever coded version of this fucking picture. Like you're the only one that has it. Like somebody who takes a screenshot of it can't put it up on whatever website to auction it off. But you have it and you can auction it off. Um, if, but anybody... I, So what I read on it, like, for example, is that like NFTs are going to hit like a peak this year and only like 1% of NFTs 10 years from now will be worth way more than what you paid for them. So like the market's going to drop like crazy. Apparently, this is what I've read up on it. The market will drop like crazy on, on most of it because these random guys that are just drawing random shit, it doesn't make sense that they're selling for that much money. But there's certain things that will skyrocket over the next 10 years. And it's stuff that relates to like LeBron James, uh, Austin Matthews, uh, you know, uh, Eminem stuff that like correlates with a big name. And Austin Matthews actually just dropped an NFT. Oh, I think last Sunday or something. But what was cool with his NFT was that if you purchased it, you got, I think it was like a signed Jersey and a signed stick, so at least you got something with it. You you spend five grand and you get something physical that comes with it, but it's also attached to the NFT drop. So, in a sense, like it is like one of a kind or of some sort because it was attached to something and not just a random signed jersey.
1: Well, yeah, I'd buy that just to get the stick and the jersey. I don't give a shit about the fucking picture or whatever.
0: But, but even take the then, fucking signed fucking physical item. Like... But, like, even then, like, five grand, let's say, for the jersey and the stick, like, on the actual market, that jersey not framed and that stick just as a stick, like, they're probably only worth $2,000 put together. So, you are spending that extra $3,000. Yeah, 100%. But that's or also not something attached. Some point, though. Maybe. Like, you don't really see, like, like, a Wayne Gretzky official signed hockey stick is only worth, like, 1500 bucks right now. True. Not only, but like, you know, it's not like it's worth fifty grand unless it was like a game used autograph stick. There are some of those that are out there, and those go for like ten to twenty grand. Well, yeah, obviously, especially Wayne. Yeah, that's it's a whole different ball game. But yeah, maybe because it's attached to the NFT, the value goes up because it's like like unique. True. Yeah, I would just
1: like to say to anybody that's listening to this: if you buy a tweet
0: unfollow us stop listening and you're an idiot yeah (laughs) those are definitely not gonna hold value like i you know what i could be totally wrong and i'm the idiot and we're dumb. i (laughs) I don't even care no like
1: if you buy a tweet you're stupid i don't like you leave
0: yeah Yeah. who who the fuck is the idiot that has a spare ten thousand dollars to buy a tweet
1: just go on Twitter and take a screenshot of it for free. Like, yeah. Oh, it's wild. It's crazy. But, yeah, we could totally move on from this. Oh,
0: God, you know, please.
1: Yeah. It's broken my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what do we got next? I mean, you didn't watch this last night, so I'll just go over this really quickly. You should, go, you should look up this clip if you can after we're done this. We're done okay. recording, though. So yesterday was UFC 261. The second fight of the main card was Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. About seven, eight years ago-ish now, Chris Weidman was fighting Anderson Silva. Okay. And this was their rematch after Anderson had been knocked out by Weidman and lost his belt. This was like Anderson's big comeback, okay? Anderson broke his leg in that fight. He threw a kick. He shattered his leg, okay? That was the fight? I remember that. You remember that? You remember Anderson breaking his leg?
0: Oh yeah, dude, that was everywhere. Kay. That was insane. That
1: guy, the guy who, like, he kicked in his leg, like, and when he broke his leg, that guy was Chris Weidman. He was fighting last night. Okay. Chris Weidman first strike of the fight throws a leg kick. His leg snapped, wrapped around Uriah Hall's leg, kind of. Holy. He didn't. He didn't notice it. He put all of his weight down on that leg. And it fucking, like, twisted again. Oh. So fucking gross. Oh. But right before this fight, Brayden was here last night. Right before that fight, I was talking to Brayden. I'm like, how ironic or, like, how crazy is it that Chris Weidman was the guy that Anderson broke, like, when Anderson broke his leg, blah, blah, blah. Ten seconds later, Chris Weidman throws a leg kick, breaks his leg. I was like, how fucking ironic
0: is that? I have a question. Up. How many times outside of these two incidents has this happened? Three. One other time, sorry. Okay, so this is like, like that's fucked up. That it. But would you want to, to know him. something
1: crazy? The fight right before that, the dude got kicked in the knee, and his leg went dead, completely dead on him. Back to back fights, people had leg injuries, but like you just said, how fucking crazy is it? That Chris Weidman, like, eight years after he, what happened to Anderson, it happened to him. And like Uriah Hall said, Chris Weidman was the first person to beat Anderson during that little title stretch. Uriah Hall was the last person to beat Anderson Silva
0: in the UFC. Jesus. Yo, this is, like, the universe working in, like, a – such a fucked up way it's like what goes around comes around kind of thing oh like what are the odds of that happening like it's astronomical and that's crazy that's wild
1: yeah me and brayden were watching that we're just sitting "Uh, there, like just getting was so gross i did so i didn't notice it at first on the leg kick but i could hear it like you could hear it snap i just couldn't tell but then he stepped back and when he stepped back his leg fucking like bent even more i'm like That is fucked up. Like, that leg is gone. Wow. That's Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And you know what's sad about that, too? It's probably the way his his UFC career will end. Hopefully, it's not.
0: Hopefully, he's able to make a full recovery. But that's probably the way his career is going to end. That's, like, one of those injuries. Like, you said Anderson Silva bounced back from that? Anderson
1: bounced back, but Anderson was never the same. Of course, of course. And keep in mind, too, Chris Weidman, I think, might be old. I'm not sure exactly how old Anderson was when he broke his leg, but I think Chris Weidman's older for this break than Anderson was during his. I could be very wrong about that,
0: but I'm pretty sure I'm right. If he was fighting eight years ago, Anderson Silva, especially like Anderson Silva was a huge name. So, like, clearly Chris had been around for quite a bit to even fight Anderson Silva at that point. Yeah, Chris was young enough, though. Like, he was still undefeated at that
1: point. True. That's wild, though. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, God. Just, it's it's so ironic, too, to me that I was talking about it with, like, Anderson
0: breaking his leg right before Chris him threw that leg kick. The universe is funny like that, though. Like, li- that's that kind of stuff happens all the time.
1: Like, that fight set
0: a record. What do you mean? So, Uriah Hall won the fight,
1: okay? Obviously, like... The leg fucking snapped. Like you lose the fight, you can't continue. So Uriah Hall is the only person in UFC history to win a fight without throwing a strike. Oh wow! It was the first seventeen seconds into the fight. It was the first strike of the fight. Was a leg kick. Chris Weidman's leg snapped. Wow. Yeah. Just fucking uh, wild.
0: Yeah. So that's crazy. Um, I find I I find it cool that we like not only talk hockey, like, it's nice that we could just talk about other shit, too, and I don't necessarily want our audience to think that we're just based, and we'll obviously talk about hockey every time, that we're only going to talk about hockey, like, it's nice that we can diverse ourselves, I guess.
1: Well, you know a lot about a lot of fucking different stuff, like, especially when it comes to, like, music and business-related stuff, and I just watch all kinds of fucking sports-related things, so... (laughs)
0: Well, I felt like you're very, very knowledgeable when it comes to like UFC and MMA shit, just in general. Like, I don't know fuck all because I've never paid attention, but that's mainly because I don't want to spend a hundred dollars to watch a fight. But I do appreciate right. the sport. Like anytime I, I watched it, I enjoyed it. I just can't justify spending money to watch something that's only for one night.
1: Yeah. I only pay-per-view certain events. Like if I really want to watch it,
0: I'll, I'll pay-per-view it. But if I don't, I don't really care. I'll just watch the free ones. Fair enough. Yo, uh, totally random, but Darcy Tucker tweeted something last night uh, that I thought was pretty funny. I think I saw this. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, love how everyone thinks this is physical and dirty hockey. Try playing against Pronger or Stevens in their heyday. I saw that when I woke up this morning, and I'm like, that's a very
1: good point, especially Scott Stevens.
0: I find it crazy how anybody even thinks that the Leafs are a dirty team right now. I think we just finally have a team that could fight back, which because we've been pushed around for the past five years—like well, longer than that—but I mean, as a or four years, like as, as this group that we have, we've just been pushed around through all this whole time, and it's Why nice to see. Like... What's that? Why do people think you guys are dirty? I don't know. Like there's what? the 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 one play where Hyman slashed uh, Pionk in the face or around his facial area but that wasn't on purpose he when he went to slash he got like pushed so his stick went up and it hit him high but this was after hyman took about 15 cross checks and slashes like he was getting cross check cross check cross check slash to the back of the leg and he got up and went to slash buddy back and as it was happening he up slashing him high that was i seen so far And it was an accident. Like, Hyman's not a guy that's going to slash you in the face. Uh, I've seen so much stuff about people
1: complaining on Twitter and stuff. Like, oh, the Leafs are so dirty. How? What? Like, literally, what have they done? I mean, I don't watch enough of the game either.
0: Uh, Mind you, like, uh, Thornton did have, like, a head check the other day that he got fined $3,000 for. On Perot, I think it was. Uh, and every team has and, people
1: that throw head Like,
0: Yeah, I'm going to – like, that was dirty, but that's one thing. Like, I don't think – like, it's not like a thing that's happening over and over and over again. And Thornton isn't known as, like, a dirty guy. Like, people consider, like, Corey Perry, like, a piece of shit because of the way he plays. Uh, but you've never heard that about Joe Thornton.
1: Exactly. Like guys like Corey Perry, Brad Marsha, as much as I love him, a guy like Tom Wilson, like those are the kinds of guys that people look at around the league like, yeah, those guys
0: are scumbags. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are thinking that of Joe Thornton. And Wayne Simmons, as feisty as he is, hasn't been a dirty player this year. Like every check he throws is clean. I still think he's not fighting right now because he had whatever broken his wrist. And he's only been back for like a month. So I think he's saving like the fighting aspect for the playoffs. Uh, that makes sense. Though. But, you know, outside of that, I, I just don't get it. I don't think the Leafs are a dirty team. It's really nice to see them sticking up for themselves though right now. Um, side note, as much as I, I, I haven't been of, of John Tavares and uh, I feel like Many of the Leafs' fan base feel the same way. Like, his contract is crazy and stuff. But, like, he's been playing. He, he might be the best Leaf in the past 10 games.
1: Last time I saw, he
0: had 12 points in his last seven games. But this was before last night also. Uh, yeah, he scored last night. I don't know if he had an assist. But he is the least leading scorer in the past, I think, 10. Freaking JT. The captain that you guys need. He's stepping up. It's nice to see him step up in a key time. It'll be cool to see if he can keep it up through the playoffs. I like the momentum we have right now. We lost against Vancouver those two games, and part of me is happy that we lost to Vancouver those two games because I don't know, good for Vancouver more than anything. It is a Leaf thing to do to lose to a team that hasn't played in a month and that was sick. But hundred percent a Leafs thing. Uh, I mean, we didn't because we had the technical difficulties last week. I did predict that the Leafs were going to lose that first game four three. They ended up losing 3 2. But I, I said it. As a, I'm not fucking blind. As a Leafs fan, I know that the Leafs pull off leafy things. Uh, I didn't pick the Leafs to win. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you were like 5 1 Leafs. <laughs> you know I, I, you know what, though? I, on the outside, looking in, as a guy who isn't a Leafs fan, I could see why you would think that. But as Are a Leafs it? I hate both of these. I don't like the Canucks. I don't like the Leafs.
1: I was just like, you know what, the Leafs are the better team. They should murder a team that hasn't played in two weeks, but I forgot the Leafs do tend
0: to leave, so Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, so we're like close to ending this off here. Um, uh, what do you got for your chicken tender this week? Really quickly before we do our chicken tender,
1: because our chicken tender is bad goalies of the week, right? Yeah. I just
0: wanna
1: I just wanna give a little shout out to two rookie goalies. who got out dub in their first Start in the NHL. Spencer Spen- Spencer Knight with a massive game for Florida oh, about a week ago. And then Uko Pekka Lukanen for Buffalo a couple nights ago. Massive mm.
0: starts for those two. Both of them see. got dubs also. Okay, what was Lukanen's stats? I forgot that he was starting. That's really cool. He gave up four goals, but he
1: made thirty-six saves on forty shots. Okay, props against Boston see. playing for Buffalo.
0: Was that the game that Buffalo won 6-4?
1: Yes, that was. was.
0: That's big. Good for him.
1: So, yeah, I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to those two rookie goalies before we started ripping on some goalies.
0: Yeah, but and Spencer Knight, too, like, he faced 34 shots, only allowed one goal. Incredible.
1: Yeah, that's even more impressive. Mind you, they are a better team than Buffalo, too,
0: but still. For sure. Those those, those phenomenal numbers. It's a great start. That's definitely, like, a confidence builder.
1: Alright, so because we haven't done chicken tender in this is what would if we don't put it in this week, it's what three straight weeks we don't have one?
0: Uh well we only had chicken tenders our first episode officially. So yeah, this would yeah, so
1: this would be three straight without it. So because of that, I have chicken tender of the week and chicken tender of the month. Which okay. one do you want to hear first? The week or the month? Uh let's go with your monthly. So my monthly one. This one was kind of tough. There's no goalies that played enough games for me over the last month that have really bad stats. But there's a tandem, if you put them together, that has terrible stats. And it's Corpus Alo Merzlinkis. numbers aren't bad. Like, he's got solid, his save percentage is really good. Like, it's 9 10, that's pretty good, especially on a team like Columbus. His goals against is just under three, but he's one in nine. And then Corpus Alo in the last month is at 441 and then 875, which is fucking terrible. Wow. So I was doing the math earlier for fun. They've lost 12 games in regulation in the last month. Just for fun, if you flip their record, obviously that's not how hockey works. You don't just flip records. But if you flipped their record, they would be a playoff team right now. Okay. Which is okay. disgusting.
0: Uh, did and you see Merz Lincoln's like interview where he was talking about them sucking?
1: Yeah, he's not happy right now. It's he said he's feeling embarrassed and shit like that.
0: Yeah. It was nice to see. Like it it was I watched it and I felt for him. Like he seems like a genuine guy who's going through some shit and it's it's like affecting him in his personal life. Like he's very dedicated to this team and he's like sad to see them performing how they are.
1: Well, they're at thirty-nine points right now, right? Like I said, if you flip those last twelve games that they are that they lost in regulation, just for fun, gave them wins, they're well, a point behind Tampa.
0: What if they win seven of the twelve that they lost? What does that put like? How many points do they have? They'd still be in fourth place in the division.
1: Okay. Or they'd be a point back of they'd either be tied with Nashville or they'd be in that spot. Oh, actually, though, if
0: you think about it, too, one of those games could have been against Nashville. Exactly. Yeah. It changes a lot. They're, they're slumping hard. That's uh, the thing. Like, that team...
1: Mind you, it's not a, just
0: the goalies' fault either, if, obviously. If, if they're performing to... You know, top caliber, though, the Leafs don't get Nick Felino. So, shout out to Columbus for being shitty. <laughs> that's very true.
1: Columbus, though, like, I was looking at their team stats earlier. They're, they are one of the worst offensive teams in the league based off of the oh, stats that I was looking at. They're 30th on almost
0: everything. Patrick fucking line a has half a point per game. Like, that's pretty wild. Oh, God, yeah.
1: They have 118 goals for right now, which might be the lowest in the league. Buffalo and New Jersey surprised. are
0: also at 118. The Ducks are at 105. But Columbus isn't looked at, like, when the season started, Columbus wasn't looked at as a team that was going to finish in the bottom fucking five. So for them to have, like, the scoring uh, of the bottom teams is wild.
1: Nobody thought they'd be worse than Detroit. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. And they're worse than Detroit. to the month, mainly because of Corpus Avo's stats, also mainly because they're terrible this month, this past month. And my Fair chicken enough. tender of the week is Igor Shosturkin, who, who has actually been having a very good year, but had a horrible week stats-wise. He had a 450 goals against and an 865 save percentage, which both of those numbers are piss poor. Yeah. And this is a Rangers team that is, like, if they weren't losing these this past week, they'd be right on Boston's ass, like even closer on Boston's yeah. ass than they are.
0: I'm fucking pissed, dude. Like I really want the Rangers to be winning. I'm with you with Shisterkin. Shisterkin is my pick for for this week. Uh can can we switch his name from Shisturkin to Shitsurton?
1: <laughs>
0: oh fuck it is though. Uh I, I yeah, like hockey pool related. Like I have Panarin. So I'm I was hoping that they could take a run for the playoffs, but it's not looking good anymore. They're six points back with two games more than Boston. Yeah, I think it's it's over now.
1: Boston would have to
0: lose, like, eight of their next ten. Yeah, and they would have to win, like, eight of their next ten. Or, actually, they'd have to win the next eight games. you have anything else you want to bring up?
1: Nothing, really, other than the fact that I hope Ovi's not hurt.
0: <laughs> Agreed. We said we that some, earlier. <laughs> uh, we have some pretty big news here uh it's 90 percent confirmed for next week uh if it's not next week it'll be the episode after or the episode after but it's happening uh my (laughs) favorite player of all time and i'm not even capping like this legit when i was years old my dad took me to a hockey card shop i seen this hockey card it was his rookie card. This was in 2003-2004. It was the tail end of the season when he had 27 points in 69 games. I was a big fan. This guy was the you know my favorite player. I was like, yeah, this guy's big for this team. Leafs player. Uh, so I went to this card shop anyways, and, my, and I seen this card. It was an autographed jersey rookie card, and I just had to have it, and my dad got it for me. And since that moment, he's been my favorite player of all time. Stage and Claus is coming. <laughs> yeah, we got we got my favorite player of all time, Matt staging is coming on for an episode either next – like, it looks like 90% next week. It could be the week after, but he's coming. And, dude, like, we talked about it when it happened. It was before we even had an episode. Like, we had him locked in before we even put an episode out, which is crazy. But, like, I hit him up, and, you know, he, he replied, and – I'm just beyond excited. Like staging is such a good dude. When I was like uh, 15 years old, I had found his address through like this hockey card for him. I was on. So I sent him a bunch of hockey cards to his home address with a, a toonie in it. So he could send them back and he autographed all the cards. I had sent him a letter and I'm really curious if he remembers this because I, he wasn't necessarily like the most popular player on any team that he was on. So I don't know if this was like a thing that happened to him all the time. Uh, So, I'm kind of curious if he remembers that, especially because I wrote him a letter (laughs) telling him I was, you know, his biggest fan and shit. Uh, But, like, dude, what the fuck? thousand games in the NHL, uh, nine seasons for Calgary, seven seasons as a Leaf. Uh, What the fuck? How? Like, (laughs) a thousand fucking game NHL. -er. I've never been so nervous to talk to somebody. And it's not staging isn't like super famous or anything. It's not that. It's just like he was my hero growing up. Like when I played hockey in my driveway, it was Matt staging taking shots. Like this guy is my guy. Like exactly. I, I was almost in tears when we found out. Like legit. Like I'm not. Uh, I'm just. Like, I couldn't confirm. Excited. I was. We were on the phone when we when we found <laughs> out. <laughs> uh it's mind blowing, dude. Like. Oh, I can't believe it. I, I, I have so many questions, but I don't know how good I'm going to be at getting them off because it's either I'm going to be, like, ridiculously, like, hopefully I'm cool. Like, hopefully I can handle it. I feel like you, <laughs> you, you might you might be asking most of the questions.
1: I hope well, I that would, I, like. I
0: just give me some. You
1: just give me yours. I'll get
0: them. I'll ask for you. But the way that I want to ask the questions is from the perspective of the guy who's your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not it's not necessarily just like you know questions. It's just like it's questions, but it's questions that almost have to come from me. Like there's certain stuff that yes, I'll definitely send your way for you to ask, but oh man. Um, oh, uh, I'm ecstatic and I can't believe like our first season chicken tenders. Like I, I what are the odds that my favorite player of all time is our first major guest? <laughs> like how? The universe is fucked. This is, like, on along the same fucking lines of the Anderson Silva and the Chris Weidman thing. Like, Very true. It, it's, like, how the universe tends to work is it just, like, it does this. And how? I don't get it. Like, I, I had this, guys. I, I unfortunately sold all my Matt Stage and Hockey cards when I was, like, 20 because I needed money for my studio. Uh, so, like, my collection's gone. But, like, after this, I think I'm going to go buy it all back because, like <laughs> – Got to uh, collect them all. I can't believe it, dude. Um I'm mind blown for sure. It's uh it's gonna be great to talk to him. It's, it's gonna, gonna be it's gonna be so amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. I think yeah, I don't know man. I can't put it into words. I'm stoked. I love Calgary so
1: much, so it's gonna be so fun to talk to him about the Calgary Flames and only the Calgary Flames. <laughs>
0: I don't, I got tons of the Leafs questions. If you want to ask them Calgary questions, go for it. Oh, just taking a shot at the Leafs. <laughs> oh, of course. As as I would expect. But, <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, stay tuned. Like we said, it's ninety percent for next week. It's looking good. Uh, if it's not next week, though, it'll be shortly after. But it's a hundred percent happening. So yeah. Um, if you got this far, thank you for listening to the Chicken Tenders. I really hope you. Fire because the episode is going to be called Staging Claws is Coming to Town. So I feel like <laughs> y'all are going to be wondering what that's about. But yeah, I don't know. Thanks for listening.
1: If you got this fire, uh, let us know on social media at Tenders Podcast on Twitter.
0: I forget our IG handle. I have no idea. I don't use Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I feel something like something to at... do
1: with the Chicken Tenders Podcast.
0: Yeah, it's at the Chicken Tenders Podcast. Yeah, sure. So good enough. You'll find us on there. Go check it out. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm Danny Thomas. My co-host, Zach Laurie. We are the Chicken Tenders. Peace out. Does your wife need a little bit more meat in her life? Well, head on down to the Mina and get yourself some sausages. Get yourself some meat to put on the barbecue. Get yourself some candy. Get yourself some midnight snacks. You can get it all at the Mina for good prices. Head over to the Mina.